With Father's Day right around the corner, what do you give to the man who has everything? Easy. You give him an experience he'll never forget. You give him Omaha Steaks because a world-class dad deserves a world-class steak. The Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected gift packages starting at just $89. Just go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout for an additional discount when you shop gourmet gift packages for Father's Day. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor, endless variety, and endless value. Truly, they have perfected more than just steak. Your dad is guaranteed to love every bite. Go to omahasteaks.com, use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get an exclusive savings. Shop for unforgettable gifts that are guaranteed to make dad's day. Because if there's one thing that Omaha Steaks knows, it's the dads want steak. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to save on exclusive packages starting at just $89. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey, everybody. It's John Halpin. Welcome to the October 19th episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fantasy Draft. This is otherwise known as the uh, John and Heather Halpin 16th wedding anniversary episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Podcast. Happy anniversary, Heather. Congratulations. Uh, I hope she listens to the first 30 seconds of the pod to hear that message in case you forget to say it otherwise. Right. I also hope for your sake that you don't forget to say it in some other manner. No, yeah, this is, it won't be just this. It'll be good. Actually, we're celebrating tonight with the, the kids. I'm, I'm taking my son to the uh, local rivalry high school football game, and she's going to stay home with my daughter. So we're really going crazy tonight. Is that, is that what happens? Because I'm approaching 10 years in the spring with my wife, and then I, I'm like it's been a big deal every year because we don't have kids yet, so we have that flexibility. If we want to go somewhere, you know, even just out for a nice dinner or like a small trip around that time, whatever, we can do it. And uh, I, I do worry that someday when you've got kids, you're just like, we got to do stuff. Like we can't just go together and do whatever we want anymore. Right. Normally we make time to, we probably do something on Sunday, but tonight it just worked out. We were like, you know, we said, all right, we can just go out and tell the kids. No, we're like, no, let's just do it. Sunday. We're trying to be nice to them. So, um, so that's what we're going to do. So we're going to go to the, to the big Weddington Marvin Ridge football game, big, huge rivalry, hatred, all that stuff. So in, all right. in, in suburban Charlotte. Anyway, okay, everybody, let's get to football. Um, Non-high school football. Let's talk Broncos Cardinals briefly since it was a hideous. That was one of those. You know, you know, a couple of years ago when everyone was complaining about the bad Thursday night games, they'd say I have to turn it off. But people like you and me are like, well, it's kind of, you know, it's work. I have to watch even when it's mm-hmm. bad. Last night, I no, I drew the line. 
at the end of the first half, I was like, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this anymore. I'll check back for the score later, and that's about it. Playoff baseball is a priority for me in work and in life, too. And then on top of that, yeah, there's a threshold. Even if there were no games, this were week 14 and your only options were pivoting to some NHL games or, or doing something social with humans, you would choose those options as opposed to watching that second half. And the NFL's condensed games are made for stupid, stupid games like this one that get totally out of hand. You can just watch it, not waste an hour and a half of your life watching the second half. You can right. watch the whole game in like 30 minutes. So it was a disaster, and it cost Mike McCoy his job. I don't know how much of their struggles are him and how much of that could be Steve Wilkes, the actual head coach. It's something you have to do when your offense looks that bad. We saw the Bucks fire their defensive coordinator, Mike Smith, coming out of last week. We're kind of at that point where coaching staffs are going to lose members when things are bad because we're nearing that halfway point and head coaches trying to save their job are going to want to do something to preserve themselves. Yep. And, and uh, the McCoy thing, like, I don't know exactly what the problem is there. The play calling did appear to be bad. The whole idea, the whole idea of David Johnson, you know, it's for, for people like us, you know, the, the, we're, I mean, we're not coaches, obviously, you know, we're not qualified to, to draw up NFL plays with that said, it has been pretty easy to see. Not only do they need to get, and for a while it was get David Johnson the ball more, but it was also you need to get him the ball differently. You know, you need to you need to get him out in the open, out in space is a word a lot of people like phrase a lot of people like to use. And before last night, um, I think um, a podcast guest over the summer, James Coe, who used to work for NFL Network, put up a graphic about how look look at the look at the uh, the plays for David Johnson from Next Gen Stats that all he's been doing is running up the middle. And you put up something from last night that basically showed more of the same, right? That it was mm -hmm. just they, they were basically banging him into a wall and hoping it would work. Yeah, like <clears throat> the next gen stats thing is pretty cool. You can check it out. It's nextgenstats.nfl.com. They've got every chart for every player week by week, and they've got them for running backs just carrying the ball. They've got routes also, where you can just see where players are running routes, what's happening on those plays. You get a better feel for how players are being utilized and. There has been, if you go week by week, I've got it up on my screen right now, it gets better over the course of the season. Like they, they The week two chart is completely insane for David Johnson's skill set. I mean, you're talking maybe the middle 20% of the field is where everything he was doing as a runner was happening. And getting him outside the tackles is optimal. He's not bad between the tackles, but you have to at least get him outside to open some things up if you're going to run through the middle. And it's like there was just no balance. There was no, there was nothing about it that made any sense. From week two to week three, if you just had like squiggly lines scribbled in the middle of the field like in week two, week three it opens up a bunch. So there was like somebody got in Mike McCoy's ear and said, outside. So they started doing that. Uh, week four was kind of like normal because he carried the ball 22 times. So there was a, a decent variety there. But it still just didn't become dynamic enough and the funny thing is when you look at the success, there's like yellow versus green on the next gen charts show you the types of gains. There's so much more green, which is better when he goes outside. Like right. there's it's the easiest chart to read. Like if you didn't understand David Johnson as a player, if you'd no other information and you only looked at this chart and you said, what should you do based on this chart? It would tell you use him even more going outside and they just didn't do it enough. They still insisted upon running him up the middle. 
All right. Um, one other thing from the Cardinals there, Josh Rosen, the stat line looks terrible. Two pick sixes are obviously terrible. I still felt like I saw glimpses. Maybe I'm looking for him, but I felt like I saw glimpses of things to like. He had no help. So uh, I'm not, I'm not giving up that one anytime soon. Um, and I think it might have to wait till next year for him to be productive, but whatever. The other thing out of that game, Royce Freeman, uh, toe, foot, ankle, somewhere lower than other regions of the body. Might miss some time. Rain, high ankle sprain, oh. rumored anyway. So I, it's, we'll see if that gets confirmed. But that's usually that's like a four-week injury a lot of times for running backs. Yep. So that would open things up a lot for Philip Lindsay if that's what uh, actually is happening. And it probably would push Devontae Booker back on the radar as a, a very deep league just bench stash while Freeman is out. Because mm-hmm. there'd be some passing down work there, but Philip Lindsay's stock goes way up if Royce Freeman ends up missing a lot of time. All right, uh, folks, before we get on to the rest of the news, injuries, etc., check us out on Twitter. Derek's at Derek Van Riper. I'm at JHalpin37. You can also tweet us at Rotowire. Get player updates at Rotowire NFL or find us on Facebook. Uh, the buys for week seven Steelers, Packers, Raiders, Seahawks. The one thing you got to watch out for, remember, Sunday morning, Chargers Titans. So set your lineup early. That is a 9.30 Eastern start from London. Don't forget to adjust and you know make sure to bench Derrick Henry before 9.30 Eastern. Don't wait till noon or else you won't be able to do it. And then you'll have to suffer through 14 carries for 34 yards, and you won't like that. Injuries. So, all right, Dalvin Cook out. Leonard Fournette, obvious. Uh, Leonard Fournette out. Devontae Freeman, obviously, out. Cooper Cup, you knew that. James Crowder, you knew that. Gio Bernard, you knew that. Ryan Tannehill, you knew that. The Jets corners, the Jet, the two, if I'm reading this right, the two Jets starting corners are out against Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. That's not good. That's not what you want. No, not at all. Um, all the Jags tight ends, I think they're down to fourth string. I, I, really, I don't have any idea who they're playing a tight end. Because O'Shaughnessy got hurt, and I basically hadn't heard of him before last week. Yeah, I think with that, you probably just get the small handful of targets that would normally go to a tight end there probably just get spread out over the three main receivers they use. So they all get like a one, one and a half target bump. <laughs> like maybe it makes them all a little more viable, but it still doesn't really make it any easier to pick one out of that trio. If you're going to use one of the uh, Jags receivers this week. All right. Um, David Greenwich appears to be their next up at tight end from North Carolina state. I okay. don't know anything about David Greenwich, so yeah. please don't play him anybody. I'll take your word for it. He probably gets like a TD on one target or something now that we said that. <laughs> right. Um, one other one I want to check the update on. Sean Lee. Do we have any news on Sean Lee? They, I, Sean Lee, appe- we don't have any good news today. Actually, wait, final injury report. Sean Lee is going to play. Cowboys Wire from uh, USA Today says he's going to play. So uh, that's Sean Lee's in, which is helpful. Jack Doyle, I think, out should be out again for the Colts. Um Evan, players who are going to play, T.Y. Hilton is apparently going to play. Evan Ingram appears that he's going to play. Um, the to-be-determines, Isaiah Crowell is still be, to-be-determined. It sounds like he's going to play. The Bears are saying questionable, which is a weird word, about both Khalil Mack Allen, uh, and Allen Robinson. I think you need to watch both, and I think Khalil Mack, obviously you don't watch him for his own fantasy purposes unless you're an IDP player, but that changes the complexion of that game, which I would love to take the Bears, but if Khalil Mack doesn't play, he is... He is one of those defensive game changers that might make me might make me reassess. That defense would have been pretty good even without him, but I think when you take Mac away from their pass rush, the Patriots protect Tom Brady very effectively. That does kind of swing quite a bit 
in favor of the Patriots. If you're looking for a Bears upset there, they're not huge underdogs. I think that that does take a big hit if Mac doesn't go. All right. Um, and all right, so Doyle's definitely out. I'm just checking Allen Robinson one more time to see if we've got anything in there. The Chicago Tribune, as of 45 minutes ago, yes, they're questionable. Mac didn't practice Wednesday and Thursday, which we knew. Robinson was held out of Thursday's practice. Uh, Matt Nagy, we're waiting for Matt Nagy to talk to me, talk to the media about those guys. So, uh, Matt, check. finish finish your braised chicken sandwich and talk to the media. Let's see. Anything on Twitter here? Nope, nothing on their official site yet either. All right, fine. Let's skip that. All right. Delvin Cook's out, right? That's that's kind of a big deal. I said that, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I don't know if that was in there. No, yeah, he's out. Um, you, yeah, you, I, you moved him up. All right. I moved him up to that, to out. So roll with Latavius Murray again, everybody, and with TJ Eldon. Um, both of those guys are top, what, 15 backs this week, right? Yeah, I think the the Murray setup last week was better because Arizona is a, a team that spends even more time on the field defensively, and uh, you know with, with that game script, that was even better. The Jets, I think, can keep it a little closer, and they just don't. Like, the appeal of Latavius Murray is the Vikings don't really have another useful running back to give the ball to. Like the depth chart has Mike Boone, right. And Rock Thomas on it. And I they're don't, not I don't using those... Mike Boone at all. They're not. They're not saying, "Hey, Latavius, take a couple series off." You were using Mike Boone. Mike Boone might get the ball like twice, and that's it. Yeah. So the Latavius thing is all about the carry floor, the offense. You know, still being, even though not it's like it's not at the top of the implied totals list this week. It's still probably top eight or top ten. It's still good enough at that price. You want to use them, especially in cash games. All right. One other bit of what appears to be breaking news. It doesn't affect you for this week. Um, Ian Rappaport from NFL.com saying that uh, Marshawn Lynch is out for at least a month with a groin injury. Then injured reserve is a strong possibility. Hmm. So okay. nothing for this week, but uh, get all your, I mean, Doug Martin. I mean, maybe they'll use Richard a little more, uh, even though he's a different kind of back. But Doug, I mean, Doug Martin, oof, gross. Take, right? take a bad situation and make it worse. This is terrible. I hate hearing this. Jalen Richard actually should absorb those snaps. He's he's done enough in limited chances as a runner, aside from the contributions in the passing game. They need to see what he does with 12-plus carries and passing down work. And then, yeah, sure, run Doug Martin out there for a, a series each half or something to give him a breather. But give Jalen Richard a shot at 20 touches a week, because I think if, he, if they do, he can be a huge difference maker, even on a bad team, since he's much less game script dependent than Marshawn Lynch was in that lead back role. Yep. Okay. Um, let's go to our weekly look at streaming defenses. Uh, one of my suggestions was the Cardinals last night, and that didn't quite work because um, I was talking to Jake about that, and I was trying to talk Jake into the Cardinals. And he's going, no, I don't think so. But no, no, really, Jake. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You're, are you with me? I mean, if you can't get the Colts, are you with me? He's going, yeah, no, I don't know. Because sometimes he goes, you know, John, John, that's a really good point on our Tuesday show, which is free agents. Yeah, John, you know, you talked me into that one. This one, he was kind of like, yeah, uh, you know what? <laughs> he was trying to be nice <laughs> and not say, you stupid idiot, don't pick the Cardinals. Eureka, he was right. So that didn't quite work out. Um, hey, but, remember the time I wanted to play Amari Cooper in cash and I did play Amari Cooper in cash? That didn't work well. No, it really didn't work well. So No. Yeah, and that's never happening again ever, right? We agreed on that? That's over. Forget it. No, so so long as Derek Carr is his quarterback, that will never happen again. There you go. Um, so streaming these this week, um, 
there's not great options left, I would say, that, that aren't widely owned. Let's go under 40% on Yahoo. Um, the Cowboys with all their sacks at Washington, eh, right? Just eh? Not bad. Lee coming back just fortifies the defense as a whole. I think the the weird thing about Washington, aside from me never being able to quite figure them out, I don't think Alex Smith is the kind of quarterback that sits back there and, and makes a lot of mistakes, but I think Dallas up front is good enough to get sacks even against quarterbacks that aren't necessarily prone to yielding them, if that makes some sense. So I would agree with you that Dallas is actually a streamable defense that is available in about 80% of leagues right now. Right. Uh, what about one thing I left off when I sent the notes to you? What about the Falcons just because they're playing against Eli? I mean, they could give up 30 points, but they could get a pick six and sack Eli five times. They could. Um, they're not good I, at the sacking thing, but they, they're they're just so banged up defensively that I I can't do it. If they were, if they were the team, if they had Keanu Neal and Deion Jones, they had those guys out there and were just getting gashed in recent weeks, then they'd be a streamer. But I think they're just missing too much of their key personnel to to do it. Okay, um, the Detroit Lions on the road against the Miami Osweilers. Yeah, I, I think you can do that. I, I don't. I'm, my opinion of Brock Osweiler has not changed as a result of Albert Wilson doing considerable damage after the catch on short passes last week against the Bears. All right. Um, let's see. Bills at Indy. Bills have a lot of sacks too. I mean, the, the thing is about luck throws so much that there's more opportunities to get to him, right? Just on a mm-hmm. volume level. Yeah, the weird thing is, even with the number of attempts, they've only allowed 10 sacks this season, despite mm-hmm. dropping back 289 times. Like, they Incredible. lead the league as a, as a team in pass attempts, and they're, like, bottom eight in terms of sacks allowed. So I, I think a lot of that is luck getting rid of the ball quickly, and some of it is also an improved offensive line for the Colts as well. It's kind of... Uh, working on a previous problem from from both ends. All right. The other one I wanted to mention, um, the Bucks, who have a terrible defense, admittedly, and they're near the bottom in sacks, but they are playing against a rookie quarterback in Baker Mayfield at home. Yeah, it's... I'd, if, if you said Bucks or Falcons this week, which defense would you rather stream? I'd rather take the chance on the Bucks. There you go. Okay, I, that that's that makes sense to put it. That puts it in context. The other thing, by the way, if you wanted to get cute with the Colts, even though they haven't had a good defense, and you wanted to play them against Buffalo, yeah, well, they're sixty six percent on now. Everybody else had the same idea two days ago, so you missed the boat on that one, folks. Got to be quicker. You really do. Fantasy draft. We put players first. Fantasy Draft has super flexible lineups for NFL games. There's no kicker, thank goodness, and you can draft four running backs if you want. In the NBA games, the lineups are even more flexible. You want five guards and two centers? No problem. They have a $100,000 run-and-gun weekly feature GPP with a $25 buy-in. They have the $500,000 Fantasy Draft Championship that gives $100,000 to first place and has weekly qualifiers happening right now that leads up to a Week 16 final. Finally, they have rake-free head-to-head for contests under $200 or half of the rake for the other uh, guys for the rest. That means if you and a friend both enter $100 head-to-head, the winner gets $200. Fantasy Draft takes no fees. So sign up right now. Go to Fantasy Draft. Use referrer code ROTOWIRE. And with your deposit, your initial deposit, you will get a free $4 GPP ticket. So sign up with referrer code ROTOWIRE at Fantasy Draft and get a free $4 GPP ticket with your initial deposit. Fantasy Draft, we put players first. All right. Next up here, your emergency plug-in plays, your weekly. Speaking of Baker, 
41% owned, a little high, higher than we normally like to talk about, but he's playing the Bucks, and the Bucks defense is pretty darn bad. Yes, it is very bad, and given my choice, roll Baker out there if you're dealing with buys at quarterback or try to use Tampa's defense against Baker. I'd rather use Baker. I mean, the ownership rates reflect that accordingly. It's weird that Jarvis Landry has been getting so many targets and has done so little with them in the three games that Baker Mayfield has started. David Njoku is getting heavy usage as well. They've got a guy in Callaway that can do a lot of damage after the catch if Baker can find him. There's a lot of ways this can go right for him this week. Tampa Bay has just been so generous through the air. Uh, it's easy to see him as that number one like waiver streaming quarterback in 10 and 12 team leagues where he's still probably out there in a good chunk of those leagues. All right. Next up, we talked about Eli yesterday. You said you could do it, right? Yeah. I mean, Atlanta's just that banged up and you have Saquon Barkley, you have Odell Beckham healthy, you're getting Ingram back, Sterling Shepard's out there. Like that's a full complement of weapons. If they had injuries on offense, maybe I'd shy away, but everybody's moving the ball on Atlanta right now. All right. Um, the others down here that I wanted to look at, just bring up, C.J. Beathard is 9%. By the way, Baker 41% on Eli's 22% on on Yahoo. C.J. Beathard at 9%, Sam Darnold at 9%. Um, the Vikings' defense hasn't been as good as we've expected. They haven't. And the other thing that really kind of caught my eye as I was looking at this game is that the line is not really that wide. It's the Jets uh, as three-and-a-half-point underdogs in a game with a, a 46-over under total. So Darnold should be able to get some some work done, I think, in... In big field GPPs, if you're looking for the the unique combo, I mean, Jermaine Curse is going to get a lot of attention in full PPR context, season-long and DFS alike, because he's going to run a lot of routes out of the slot, and Darnold's been leaning heavily on his slot receivers all year. This might be the kind of week where Darnold's the low-ownership tournament monster just because the Vikings are going to score at will with the Jets' defense being the way it is. But I think the Jets are a little more competent offensively than people are giving them credit for. All right. Um, by the way, the Rotowire projections for the week have Mayfield at QB 17, Eli at 18, CJ Beathard at 23, and Sam Darnold at 26. So there's that. All right, running backs. We talked about these yesterday a little bit. This is this is uh there's there's not a lot to talk about here. Frank Gore is up twenty six percent. I don't I don't really want to play Frank Gore. That's just that's low ceiling right there, right? Even though the Lions have been getting gashed by running backs. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, you got a few teams on by, so you may have to do it. I I don't hate it as a stream for this week, but even if it goes well, you're not looking at that every week and saying this is going to keep working. I'm I'm happy with this. It's definitely a temporary solution. Right. All right. And Frank Gore, I'm looking to see where he is in the Rotary projections. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh, RB39. There you go. Um, Raheem Mostert, same thing. I mean, I, I don't know what will happen there. Like, I don't think he would he would switch roles with Alfred Morris, but if, if Morris came back and got you know 15 snaps and six carries and Mostert lost some of his work because of it, the work that he got Monday, you wouldn't be the least bit surprised, right? No, I, I the way they just removed Alfred Morris from the game plan on Monday night, that just – Makes me think it's it's Brita and then it's Mostert and they're more interchangeable. Alfred Morris is just the extra guy. I mean, if if the inactives come out ninety minutes before that game, midway through those first afternoon games, would you be surprised at all to see Alfred Morris's name on that list? No, not at all. 
Yeah, he's he's just I I overestimated the Shanahan thing, like we said yesterday, and Mostert I think is kind of sneaky in deeper leagues because Brita's been picking up a variety of different injuries. Like I I like Brita as a player. I like what I've seen. I'm just worried about him breaking down because he's already through the first half of the season had I think three or four different injuries that have caused him to at least leave games for a stretch. Okay, uh, the last guy. What if I told you I had a running back? who was playing against a team that was ranked 30th, sorry, was ranked 29th against opposing fantasy running backs and had two touchdowns the last time he played. That would be cool. The Garrett Blunt? 10% I, No. I, no? I think this is going to be more of a carry-on Johnson week because I believe Theo Riddick is trending towards not playing, right? We Correct. talked about injuries before, and yeah, he's been ruled out. They have suggested that Amir Abdullah could be used on passing downs, but if you're looking for ways to get Carrion Johnson more involved without jeopardizing LeGarrette Blunt's role, which he's getting two and a half yards per carry right now, you don't need to worry about that. Uh, the passing game is the way to do that because LeGarrette Blunt doesn't do anything in the passing game. So I am hoping that this is a good Carrion Johnson week, and I am not scaling up the usage of LeGarrette Blunt, even though Miami has been pretty soft against backs. They've struggled to defend running backs in space in the passing game. Tariq Cohen got him last week. I think that's the rule where Carrion Johnson could be uh, extra effective if he ends up picking up those opportunities in addition to getting a dozen or maybe even 15 carries in this matchup. Folks, don't start Amir Abdullah. Okay? Do not do it. Please no. don't do it. I've been down that road before. We all have. It's not worth it. Got it? Here right. I go again. Good talk, everybody. Um, wide receivers. So T.Y. Hilton being back, meaning Chester Rogers is a no-go, right? Um, let's let's just rule him out. Kelvin Benjamin, you were talking about him yesterday, right? He's 16% owned. He's got Derek Anderson coming to play with him, who he's familiar with. And they've worked well together in the past. Could you, would you? In a season-long league, I mean, what am I? What am I looking at? It. Who, who, who's close? Who, who else would be in the same range that I'm looking at? Who am I passing on to play Kelvin Benjamin this week? So you're in a standard league, let's say. Okay, that are that already makes Kelvin Benjamin less interesting since he's well, kind of like an old wooden ship out uh, there in terms of the way he moves. Ah, but wait, here's why I say that: Kelvin Benjamin or Willie Sneed? Sneed. Even though Willie Sneed's ceiling is probably seven for sixty, yeah, the key for Sneed would be scoring. But I, is Benjamin's ceiling much higher than seven for sixty? No. Well, he could get a touchdown against the Colts, right? He could, but I think Sneed. I mean, he's facing the most generous pass defense in the league in the Saints. I think okay. that bodes extremely well, and his target floor looks really steady. I mean, Flacco, Joe Flacco in cash games is a thing this week. So in season long, I think Sneed as your third receiver, as your flex, even if it's a non-PPR, Sneed's nudging up to be in a range in this matchup, even without the revenge game narrative. If Willie Sneed never played for the Saints, the way he's being used and the quality or lack thereof of the Saints' pass defense would be enough to entice you to use Sneed. The revenge narrative is just something your brain's going to add extra value for, even though it shouldn't. I just don't get this... I understand that I I understand that Vegas generally knows more than me, and they're usually pretty spot. You know the over unders are the way they are for a reason. 
I don't get this thing that the Colts Saints is going to be a high scoring game. I don't understand it. I don't see oh, it. Yeah. Raven, yeah, Raven Saints. Sorry, Raven Saints. Yes. So it's strange because the Ravens are great against the pass. The Saints aren't, but the Saints are great against the run, and right. that's kind of where the Ravens are a little more vulnerable. With Ingram and Kamara back, you'd think the Saints might be a little more ground heavy than usual. And I think the only path I really see to the Saints hitting their implied total, which is twenty three and a half right now. If this game's going to come close to being a shootout, which on the main slate there really aren't any. The 58 Chiefs-Bengals is Sunday night. The 54 Falcons-Giants is Monday night. So if you look at it from a DFS standpoint, Ravens-Saints is the third highest over-under total on the board behind Rams-Niners and Bucks-Browns. Yep. I mean, that's a half point off Bucks-Browns. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's a lot of points. Right. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, Kamara disappointed last week, well, it, before the bye, in, in their blowout win, with Ingram coming back, that was a strange game script. Like you don't, you don't take Alvin Kamara, who creates all these mismatched nightmares, and give him the ball excessively in a game that gets out of hand because he changes the way teams have to play defense against you. So, my my long winded road to this point is that I'm looking at it and I'm saying Alvin Kamara probably has to do a lot in the passing game if the Saints are going to move the ball consistently through the air against what appears to be a very good, if not elite, Ravens pass defense. All right. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. If you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle, look no further. U.S. Bank has credit cards that make every day rewarding, no matter what you're into. Feeling hungry? Check out the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. And get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card. Get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cash back, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Um, Traquan Smith, any interest there? Same game, based on the Ted Ginn news? 15% he'd be, ownership. He'd be like a GPP only. I think in season-long leagues, I, I just cut Traquan Smith in a 10-team league to pick up Jalen Richard because I need a running back in the future more than I need a receiver in that particular league. Mm-hmm. So that, that felt bittersweet because I think Smith can do a little more than Ted Ginn. But the way the offense is built, and especially this week, I don't know if there's a lot of volume there for Traquan Smith. I think he's kind of the high-risk, high-reward player that you think about if you're a big underdog in season long or if you're looking for something in, in tournaments. I mean, Cameron Meredith, I think, is getting to the point where now he's closer to himself after the uh, the knee injuries from a year ago. Right. And I think he kind of limits some of Traquan Smith's ceiling as well if he's involved the way a lot of us expect him to be back when the Saints brought him into the fold. All right. The last two might be, I think are my favorites, might be yours too. Uh, Jermaine Curse, you mentioned earlier, he's only 10% owned. I would think the high, he, he is a bit of a, let's call him a high floor PPR type running out of the slot. The other one, Josh Reynolds on the Rams. With Cup out, Reynolds should be busy. He's 1% ownership. I mean, it's the Rams, folks. There's there's plenty to go around there. They don't throw to the tight end. 
Josh Reynolds could could be there, there's huge upside with Josh Reynolds, right? Yeah, the Rams are one of two teams with an implied total of 30 or more this week. Reynolds probably plays on the outside. It sounds like Robert Woods maybe moves into the slot and runs a lot of his routes there. I think Reynolds is probably like a five to six target guy, but five to six targets in that offense is better than five to six targets in a lot of other offenses. So yeah. I, I think there is a, a reasonable pick up and play sort of path with Josh Reynolds, given the state of the Rams receiving core without Cooper Cup. All right. Um, the other the tight ends. Ugh. If you haven't picked one up by now, there's it's slow going. I mean, CJ was almost gone. You lose. You get nothing. Jeff Swain, maybe 10%. I mean, it really, it's it's from hunger. It's terrible. So, I mean, Jeff, Jeff Swain is probably the best one that's widely available. And that is not saying a lot. Because I thought, I was I, I was ready to tell everybody, ooh, Uzoma, and he's 60-something percent owned. So, oh, we got some big news we, to pass 41. along here. What is it? Carlos Hyde is getting traded to the Jags. What according the? To Ian, according, according to Adam Schefter. Woo! Nick Chubb, everybody, go get him. Yeah, you know, you know who's on the bench in that league that I um, was just talking about, where I was making the move to get Jalen Rashard. Nick Chubb. Nick, Nick, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is immediately a strong DFS play, a cash game building block guy that you absolutely have to trust right away. Now, I, here's here's the only here's the only part of his usage where you'd be a little worried. It's the passing game. If they fall far behind, Duke Johnson handles that function. That's just the way that coaching staff views Nick Chubb right now. Mm -hmm. But if you think that game stays close, and it should, Nick Chubb's volume at the price he's at everywhere, you absolutely want him in your lineups, and you must add him in any leagues where he's available. Probably a lot of 10-team leagues, maybe some 12s. Add him immediately. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, it's not too late because everyone's going to be scrambling to get him. While you were just talking about that, I added Nick Chubb in one of my leagues. I, was, I thought you were going to say, like, it's seven leagues. Well, while you rambled, I, I added him <laughs> in all seven leagues that I'm playing but in. I have Nick Chubb in Fishbowl. Jackpot. I do, too. That, that might save my season because my, my Fishbowl season is, you know, it's, 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 it's a bowl, all right. It's this not, is, not the good kind of bowl. This is enormous news, and this does not portend well for Leonard Fournette owners. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, it, it, I wonder if TJ Yeldon's just more hurt than they, than they yeah. let on, too. Maybe. Yeah, this is this doesn't sound good. Poor Carlos Hyde. No one loves him. Oh man. Nick Nick Chubb already owned in the Pentathlon. Stupid Georgia graduate John McKechnie has him on his team already. Shocker, right? That the Georgia guy would have him stashed. <laughs> this is huge news. This is really big. That's why I feel bad for interrupting you and I was like, whoa, I this I just refreshed a page like on my way to look to it at a chart and Wow! Like here we go. Here's here's something. It's funny how we're we're spending this podcast now picking up Nick Chubb while people are trying to listen and see get some advice and stuff. So anyway, back to the tight ends. Jeff Swain. Yuck. <laughs> That's no, all no, no, no. Jeff Swain. I'd actually rather play Nick O'Leary. I, I yeah. And he's Brock he's needs available a big everywhere. target. Yeah, he's going to throw short intermediate passes again. O'Leary's playing a lot of snaps for the Dolphins. I mean, is it great? No, but I I'd rather play him than Jeff Swain. All right. All right, folks, Jocolytics, 
If you're looking for more success in daily fantasy football this season, let me introduce you to Jockalytics, a new platform designed to help you manage your daily fantasy play. Jockalytics analyzes contests across leading fantasy sites, applying your individual playing and bankroll preferences to find the best contest for you. And with Jockalytics notifications, you can relax knowing that you'll be the first to know when new contests are available. Spend more time playing and less time searching. Join now, get free access to the entire Jockalytics product suite for October. That's Jockalytics, J-O-C-K-A-L-Y-T-I-C. Jockalytics.com. Join now. One quick, one more quick question about the uh, the Carlos Hyde news. Does this make you like Duke Johnson anymore? It does bump up the value of Johnson just because it's one fewer back to put on the field. But Chubb's the guy. Like Chubb is the lead back. Like there's to me, there's no question about that. Like Duke Johnson's not really a threat for carries. So I, I just I think that's a that's an interesting like little nudge up in PPR, but Duke was kind of getting most of those snaps anyway. All right. All right. Let's go to the DFS value report. All right. We're going to talk about that before we close it out for the weekend. Um, DFS, here we go. So starting up, we're going to start on FanDuel. And we are just going to go to the to the value players. Wait a minute. The RotoWire value report is not loading here. What's going is it on? dead? Did someone kill it? I have my own value report. Would you like me to talk about that? You can because someone killed the RotoWire DFS value report. You realize it's now my job to fix that when it's when it's broken or to find someone who can fix it. Like I, I'm not doing my job right now to help everybody. That's oh, my got goal. it. It's up. Ah, thank you. I'm, I'm so glad I don't have to do any actual work. All right, quarterbacks, FanDuel, CJ Beathard, right up at the top. Beathard, Winston, Bortles. Or up at the top for FanDuel. Like it? Um, yeah, Win- I mean, Winston. I want, the, the offense is just cruising right now. Mm-hmm. The, the Browns did not provide the resistance I expected them to provide against the Chargers last week, by the way. That was a game where I thought, hey, maybe this is the week where the Chargers offense isn't quite as cash viable as usual. Right. Nope. Got, I got dunked on by the Browns defense being typical Browns. Yeah, that was bad. I don't think it's real bad. I don't think that's typical rounds anymore either. But last week it was. I mean, will they show up this week and it make Tampa Bay look normal, or will they just get totally exposed by Evans and Jackson and Godwin and OJ Howard and everything but a good running back? And heck, Peyton Barber is probably going to come up on the value report for running backs because he's so cheap, especially on DraftKings. It's it's really hard to not use him based on the way they are playing him right now. Yep. All right, um, let's see what else. Running backs, McCaffrey Gurley, boring. Wide receivers, Thielen, Landry, and Willie Sneed. That's that's an interesting – we talked about Willie Sneed being a good value, and he's been he's been catching a lot of passes lately. Tight ends, Joku you talked about. He's got that great matchup against the Bucks and Zach Ertz. Let's go to DraftKings. DraftKings is up. Quarterbacks. All right. Who's the top quarterback value on DraftKings? Go. Winston. Yep. Winston. Goff. Beathard again. Beathard. Everybody loves Beathard now. Because he's putting up good numbers and he's cheap. He's 4800 on DraftKings. It's great. You know, the price is pretty high on DraftKings on Jared Goff, but it's only 300 more than Jameis Winston. Yep. Is this somehow, like for, again, one of two teams with an implied total of 30-plus, a Goff-Woods-Cooks stack is not really that difficult to build okay if, if it just plays that way or they hit some big plays which san francisco is pretty bad against the pass 
maybe Gurley still gets a lot of yards and only has one touchdown or something. If, if you're just going to build something for a tournament that doesn't doesn't involve Todd Gurley, but you want the Rams offense, Josh Reynolds. I, I mean, Reynolds certainly opens that up too, like a Goff Reynolds. But I, I I just wonder if the Goff Woods Cooks combo actually ends up being really viable. And I, I almost wonder if people are ignoring Goff because so much of the production does go through Todd Gurley. All right. Um, running backs on DraftKings, Buck Allen, clearly ahead of the field here at 4,500. I am not strong on that yeah. because I, I don't know. I just, he doesn't really get carries. Like he's basically a pass catching specialist. Right. The price isn't bad. So I, I see why he comes up on the value report, but I mean, when you can pay a thousand more for Sony Michelle, and I realize a thousand's a lot against the cap, or you can pay five hundred more for Latavius Murray, like Murray would be the cash game, like adjustment. And Sony Michelle, I think, is at least a GPP guy. I, I'm probably too high on Sony Michelle because he's not catching passes, but that price is absurd I on know. DraftKings, and he's right behind Allen on the value meter. So yeah, and they they move the ball like they 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 score a lot. Like they generally are not going to fall far behind like we saw it happen in jacksonville but that's just not the fabric of that team they are not usually gonna be playing from behind like that just remember the bears are gonna beat them on sunday everyone's on the bears this week i love the bears i mean as long Everyone. as, as long as mac's good as long as mac and 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 especially mac is healthy i'm all over the bears yes coming off that bad loss like explain to me why the Patriots are a better team than the Bears. Okay. Explain to you why they're better than the Bears. Yes. The combination of having Edelman and Gordon back, mm-hmm. I think, creates a lot of tough matchups just with the, the coverage. Plus, Gronk has been weirdly quiet. Yep. They run it well. They protect Brady. Brady himself is a part of the reason why they're, they're, their offense just it didn't click early. But I think Edelman's return paired with Gordon getting more up to speed in that offense completely changes where that offense is now compared to where it was just three weeks ago. Okay. Defensively, I think they're pretty vulnerable. We saw it on Sunday night. I mean, the Chiefs are an excellent offense. And with the Bears being a team that have a, a Chiefs former staffer and Matt Nagy leading the way, they're probably going to find some of the similar ways to, to break them down. Taylor Gabriel is really interesting this week. Yeah. Like, I, I just think his usage is much higher than I thought it would be coming into the year. I expected more from Anthony Miller, relatively speaking. But I think right now, Taylor Gabriel looks like maybe the best value in the Bears offense overall from, like, where he caught, where he was in drawn draft day and, and, you know, probably a free pickup in a lot of leagues, 10 and 12 teamers. Uh, and then in DFS right now, too, for the, the floor he's bringing right now is a bit higher than expected. Okay, so you didn't, you didn't convince me that the Patriots are better than the Bears. Yeah, I mean, whatever. You don't have to believe me. I just I just think their offense is very complete right now, and that sure. even a even a good defense or a great defense with Khalil Mack out there is going to have a difficult time slowing them down now because they are so much more dynamic with Gordon and Edelman plus Gronk than they were before that, and their running game is so much more stable. And James White too create some mismatches i just think the patriots have all of their options to beat you even chris hogan like 
all these guys can't get the ball at once. That's that's why it becomes weird on the longer end. Those bottom half guys in fantasy are are frustrating to rely on, but they're extremely tough to defend with all of those guys healthy right now. It won't stay that way. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone always gets hurt. Right. But I think they're kind of at like peak talent right now offensively, and they're going to get on that run where they take control of the division and they put up 30-plus most weeks on their way to doing it. All right. Um, I'm, I mean, I, I agree with all those things you said. I don't know that that necessarily makes them better than the Bears. That's all. I think they're I, comparable. I've, I've, I think they're close. I mean, did you see the Bears against the Dolphins last week? Like, yeah, what, what yes, the heck was that? I know. It was a bad, it was a bad game. Did you see that? the Pats against the Lions? I mean, that was bad too. Did you see the Bears like fold up their offense and just get destroyed by one-legged Aaron Rodgers in Week One? That yes. happened. Yes, I did. That's. I true. know Cleo Max conditioning wasn't where it is now, but that in and of itself is it's a team-based collapse to lose to a man playing on one leg. I agree. So it's not a man. He's a machine. Remember that. You should know that better than anyone. He is he is a machine. <laughs> All right. Um, value meter wide receiver on DraftKings. Um, we have got here. Hey, Willie Sneed. Oh, man. Willie Sneed is based the value meter. If, if we were to, tr- to translate the value meter, Willie Sneed is secretariat lengths ahead of Cole Beasley on the value meter. He's breaking it right now. Cole, Cole Beasley went off last week. I don't that that lightning doesn't strike twice back-to-back it strikes twice some in the season but i'm not going back to beasley after last week but top five in the value meter willie sneed by a lot then beasley anthony miller who you mentioned adam thielen albert wilson and josh doxson which there's no way no thank you now you got to uncover the next one you always he's got to be one one step ahead right you can't go after the guy that went crazy last week right wilson's still cheap but does the usage and the way he put up that monster line, yeah, nine targets are great, but so much of what he did was after the catch. Just, I feel like you see that on tape and you say, okay, we got to take that away. Right. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at a repeat from Albert Wilson, but I, I get it if you're excited about him. Nine targets is a lot. I'm not. Uh, tight ends, OJ Howard, Kyle Rudolph, top of the value meter there. Uh, finally, let's go to Fantasy Draft, our sponsor for today's edition of the podcast. Fantasy draft loading here. Quarterbacks, top of the value meter. Patrick Mahomes, Jameis Winston, Philip Rivers. If we're including the Sunday morning game there. Patrick Mahomes, that's at a top at a salary, top salary of thirteen five hundred on fantasy draft. The running backs. Hey, Austin Eckler. He's at the top. Yeah, you gotta you gotta play that slate. You gotta make sure you play on the right slate to get him. Right. Eckler, then TJ Yeldon, which could certainly change right now. Uh Melvin Gordon, Tevin Coleman. Our next up wide receiver. There's Anthony Miller again. He's there again. It's interesting that 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 the the projection system likes him a lot this week. I think that just because the game's got the the pretty high over under total and both teams play fast enough to run a lot of plays, that's part of what bumps up the floor, even on third and fourth options on both sides. All right, and the um, the next guys up on there are Julio. Um, John Ross and Josh Doxson. Uh, finally, the the tight ends here are OJ Howard at the top, then CJ Uzoma, which we talked that CJ Uzoma is another one. Last week was the was a dream matchup for him, right? And then this week looks like the same thing again. That he's in this perfect spot. He is against the the Chiefs, 
who have, I'm pulling up the tight ends, points against per tight end. Chiefs are 29th in fantasy points against for tight ends. That is really, really nice. Yeah, it's a great spot for him. So, and the last week, what did he get? Seven targets, something like that? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. So, CJ Zona, that's a good one. Like I said, you, we said you can't really pick him up anymore in a lot of season long leagues, but DFS, he's a pretty decent option. All right, Derek, what else you got going on? Oh, it's Friday, so that would mean it's probably an NBA DFS night for me, but uh, mostly uh, playoff baseball this weekend. Brewers game six, got to extend a series to seven. I've got game seven tickets, so I need to go seven. Nice. need to go seven so the Brewers can win the series so they can go to the World Series, too. Uh, so working on random everything that comes up. Basketball, hockey, golf, all part of my world now. So that, aside from the usual football things. But nothing football-specific this weekend. Kind of just the, the usual get ready to watch those games on Sunday. How about you? Um, let's see. High school no football chest tonight. freezer. No chest freezer. No. Mm-mm. Good for you. You're still avoiding that for a while. So that's good. I'm hold, I'm holding it off. Yeah. Um, otherwise here, yeah, nothing, uh, nothing, nothing exciting. My son's birthday party on Sunday. Well, he's going to a trampoline park, so I'm going to miss the beginning of the football games. I'm going to miss the first half of the football games. That's it. Because so, you're going to the trampoline park too? Yeah, I'm going to the trampoline park. I got a chaperone. That's the deal. And everybody else Can, is probably hmm. okay with, they're dropping the kids off at 12, so hopefully it's, it's okay with the people who want to watch football, that they're not going to miss too much. Yeah, that shouldn't be too bad. No. So, all right, folks, listeners to our podcast and get a free 10-day Rotowire trial. Rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed for that. You can check out nearly all the features on the site by going there. So check, check it out now. Rotowire.com slash pod. Folks, please leave us reviews and ratings wherever you're listening. We always appreciate it. And thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast sponsored by Fantasy Draft. We'll be back on Monday to review all the weekend's action. So please come on back then. For Derek Van Riper, I'm John Halpin. Go Brewers, and good luck in Week 7.